Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us. Today, Anchored Hope proudly presents our 2020 Christmas special. Well, we're so glad that you guys are here with us at our Christmas service, and uh, it's, it's exciting to see you. And just a reminder, too, uh, if you're a part of Anchored Hope Church, or if you're hoping to come back, uh, that this Sunday we will be exclusively online. It'll actually be a replay of our service tonight. Uh, and then next week, uh, uh, the, the January 3rd, we'll be back in person. And so we're really excited about that Sunday. We're going to have uh, Mike Lair speak uh, with us, and so that's going to be awesome. And then after that, we're going to start a brand new series that we're really excited about, so we hope you guys will join us for that. But I I want you for a minute, you know, as we are, you know, nights away from Christmas, tomorrow being Christmas Eve, I want you to think about your perfect Christmas, right? Everybody has a perfect Christmas in mind. Everybody has an idea of a perfect Christmas. So, you know, just go ahead and kind of picture that in your mind. You know, think about, you know, you, you, you set, the, set the setting. You got maybe your, your favorite Christmas music playing in the background. Maybe it's some carols. Maybe it's Mariah Carey. Maybe it's a troll's Christmas just playing in the background. And, you know, you've got that going. And then maybe you go to your, your favorite Christmas movie. You go to your favorite Christmas movie and, you know, you turn on It's a Christmas Story or you turn on It's a a Christmas Carol or, you know, you turn on Die Hard and you're watching your favorite Christmas movie and then you go to the gifts and that gift that you wanted, that thing that you asked for, that thing that you put on Giftster, you get it and you get to be with your friends and you get to be with your family and you get to be with your grandparents and everybody's together and everybody's getting along, you know, and your mother-in-law didn't have eggnog that night and everything's okay and everyone took their medication, and it's just perfect, right? I mean, it's the perfect Christmas. Whatever that is for you, go ahead and just think about what that is in your head. But here's the thing I want want you to know, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but the the truth is is that that probably won't happen. The, the, The truth is is that Christmas has this thing about it. Christmas, Christmas sometimes reminds us of just how imperfect things really are. For a lot of people, when Christmas comes up, it has this ability to remind us of our our imperfect circumstances, right? Just how imperfect things are, our imperfect circumstances. And for a lot of us, when we come to Christmas, I mean, we just can kind of think about how, how the year has gone. How it hasn't felt like it's gone well. How it hasn't gone how we had planned it, how we had dreamed it, how we imagined it it would be. I mean, it just has this ability to remind us about how imperfect things really are. And the thing is, is that, you know, that Christmas feeling, that feeling of being reminded about how imperfect things are, it reminds us really of how the first Christmas went. I mean, when you look at the, the story of Mary and Joseph and their plan, their plan to be married, their plan to have a family, when we think about that, I mean, it's so far from what we think perfect would be. It was so far from what they imagined it would be. And, and when we look at that story, we find it in, in the Gospels, but we get a great glimpse of it that's just so crystal clear from Luke. And the interesting thing about the Gospel of Luke is that Luke wasn't there, but he interviewed the people who were there. And so one of the people he interviewed was Martha and Mary. 
and, and the apostles. And so we have this awesome view of how things went. And so when we hear the story of Mary, we actually are getting it straight from the source. We're getting it from Mary. And so when we look at this in Luke, I want to take a look at this tonight. In Luke chapter 1, this is exactly what it tells us. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her, and he said this. He says, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, now think about that feeling for a minute, right? You, you've got your, your, your wedding planned. You've got everything coming up, and you, you, you know what's going to happen. You've, you've started to do your planning. You've started to make your dreams. You've started to make your list. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears to you. And probably every single one of us, if an angel appeared to us, we'd go, oh, no. Like, something's about to go wrong. This, this isn't good at all. And so this angel appears in front of Mary and says, Greetings, highly favored woman. And Mary, probably after this conversation, didn't feel very favored. Most of us, if we got the news that Mary got, we wouldn't feel very favored, would we? But he goes on and he, he says to her next, he says, Mary is confused and disturbed, which, you know, if anybody's ever been confused and disturbed, we know what that feels like, don't we? Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Like, what do you mean, highly favored? Where could this possibly be going? And so she says to him, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of God, Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Because she was a virgin. She had not had sex yet. There was no way that she could have conceived the child. And she says, I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Mary gets this information, this news from the angel. You get, don't worry. You're going to have a baby, and it's all going to work out, and he's going to be the son of God, and it's, it's all right. And you just imagine for a moment how this must have felt, especially in Mary's situation. Let's not forget to take into account that she was 15 years old, 15 years old. She was a child, and she's getting told that not only is she going to get married, but now she's, she's also going to have a baby, and she's going to have a baby out of wedlock before the marriage that she has planned to Joseph. I mean, the cultural context that this had meant that there were some bad things coming her way. I mean, when people found out about it, I mean, we think about the shame that some of us feel today for decisions and, and the order of things that our family wish we would do, and sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, we're talking about a cultural context where this was so unacceptable that people would not just have rumors about her, but, I mean, this put her possibly at risk of being killed. And not just her, but anybody who associated with her, even Joseph. Joseph had many decisions that he had to make too. And so this put her life at risk. This didn't just complicate her life. It made her be put in a dangerous position, a dangerous place. And it wasn't something that she just 
easily accepted or she just said, okay, God, well, whatever you say, if you say it's going to work out, then I believe you. It sounds awesome. This was something that she struggled with. This is something that she emotionally dealt with. This is something that her heart and her soul cried out to, to, to understand. And so later on, we get a little bit of a, a, an understanding of what happened. And one of the people that she ran to was her cousin Elizabeth. And she runs to her, and she tries to understand, and different things start to start to happen, and she starts to understand that this is God's plan, and, and so many people comfort her and encourage her, and Joseph even, an angel goes and visits Joseph, and so Joseph becomes someone she can confide in, and somebody who believes her and trusts her, and so together they, they begin this journey. Through this, these next nine months, they're not only trying to stay alive, but they're also going through this birthing process, and they're also going through being pregnant together and figuring out their next move and everything they want to do, but they were, they were dealing with it together. And so everything is complicated, and everything is up in the air, and they don't know exactly how things are going to work out. And then a census is called, and they have to travel. And in the middle of traveling, guess what? Here comes the baby. It never comes when you want it to, does it? I mean, some of us have been there, right? We're like, okay, any time now. Can we hurry this up? And others of us are like, hold on, keep it in the oven. Let it keep cooking for a little bit, right? And so in the middle of this journey, the baby comes. And you know the story. You know what happens next, right? We know that they, they go and there's no room in the inn. And so all that's offered to them is a stable, which really... You know, these nativity scenes are, are, are so, you know, untrue and so inaccurate. I mean, what we were really looking at was a cave, okay? They had to go in a dark, dingy, cold cave is what they went into to have this baby. And so they go and they have the baby and we know everything happens, but it, it doesn't just end there. I mean, if you continue to read on in that story, we know pretty, pretty quickly that, that the government and the, the people who were in charge found out that there was this supposed king that had been born that was going to overthrow them. And so there was an order to start killing children and killing babies to try to find this one that was going to overthrow the king. And so immediately after having this baby, it wasn't like they threw a baby shower at church and then got to watch him grow up peacefully. They had to run. They ended up having to run to a whole different country and go away and hide out until the baby was old enough and the, and, and the, the, the hunt for the baby stopped. I mean, this was a complicated event, and this was a complicated story. I mean, it got messy. I mean, some of us are looking at 2020 like a rough year, but I mean, think about this chaos, this confusion, this stress in their lives went on for years, for many years. We know at least up until the age where Jesus was three that they were being hunted, that they were on the run, and that they stayed exiles and away from their family, away from their home, away from their friends, away from the people that they loved. This was a very complicated, stressful season of their life. And what's so crazy is, is you start to add everything up, right? I mean, unplanned pregnancy, uh, didn't get to have the wedding day that we had imagined or we had planned. Um, on the run for our lives. Shamed by family and friends in our community. Losing our jobs. Having to live somewhere else, um, you know, as, as exiles. Start to add all of these things up. I mean, you wouldn't, wish, you wouldn't wish this upon yourself, right? I mean, it'd be like if we found out that 2021 was just part duh of 2020. I mean, we would be freaking out internally, right? Yet what's so amazing is, is there's this verse that pops out 
there's this verse that comes in the middle of Luke 2. And it says, But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Now again, remember, the book of Luke, he's an interviewer, so he's talking to Mary. So this comes straight from Mary. So at some point later on, after you know, Mary is you know, an older, wiser woman, and, and Jesus has already you know, passed away and ascended into heaven, and all that has already happened, she's looking back on her life, and Luke is, tell, is asking her, would you please tell us what happened? Would you t- please tell us, how did you feel? What were you going through? And as Mary is telling all of these horrific things of what happened in these few years, in this season of her life, as she's telling it, she has a smile on her face. As she's recalling, she almost seems happy, and she's excited, and she's laughing, and she's giggling. And at some point, she even turns to Luke, and she says, you know, I I treasure, treasure those years that we had when Joseph and I were on the run, and and Jesus was growing up, when we were traveling, and, and he was born. I treasure those years. I I almost missed that season of my life. And I, I think about it often. She said, she said I, I, I think about these things often. I ponder on them is what other versions of these verses say. I ponder on them and I think about them and I, I, I recall back to them. And when I recall back to them, I remember them as happy memories. I remember them as something, something great that happened in my life. How in the world does that happen? How, how in the world can, can somebody do that? How can somebody look at their imperfect circumstances and think back with a smile? And think back and go, oh, I almost missed those days. I treasure that time. That was such an important season of my life. I'm so thankful for that season of my life. What kind of crazy person do you have to be to look back on that time period, look back at those times in your life and think, I'm happy about that? To be able to reconcile those imperfect circumstances and treasure them years later and think happy thoughts about them, to be thankful for that season of your life. You know what I think it was? I think that she continually went back to what the angel said to her the very first thing. When he said to her, you are highly favored. You who are highly favored. And in the moment, she was confused by that. In the moment, she, that scared her to death. In the moment, she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I think that as time went on, And she got away from the event. She got away from those things that happened to her. She looked back on those and she goes, ah, that's what he meant. When he said I was favored, when he said that that, that God had me, that God had a plan for me, that God would be working in the background, that everything was going to be okay, now I understand. And as she went on, the further she got away from those events, those events that were so scary and so stressful and so unplanned, she looked back on those events And she treasured them. She pondered and she thought about them. And she almost almost missed the days. She almost missed the adventure. And she can look back on those events and she was so thankful because of what happened. Now that she was on the other side of the cross and the resurrection and even just her life, she was so thankful for that season of her life. 
So much so that she was look, going, able to look back on it with a positive outlook, with an optimistic outlook. You know, it, it, it made me think back to, to my life four years ago tonight. Uh, four years ago, our church was still in Bonfils Auditorium, just a few blocks away from here. School Auditorium used to be, you know, it's like one of the oldest school auditoriums. It used to be the only school auditorium in town. And that's where we planted a church and where we started and where we were at for, for six years. And we would set up and we would tear down every single Sunday. And one of the things was is we always wanted to do a Christmas Eve service. But because it was a school building and they had to have a janitor there, they, they couldn't make anybody work on Christmas Eve. So what we did was is we said, well, could we have the 23rd? That's not Christmas Eve, but it's Christmas Eve Eve. Could we do a Christmas Eve Eve service? And they said, sure, yeah. So on December 23rd, it was a Friday night four years ago in 2016, we had planned to do a Christmas Eve Eve service. And we were so excited about it. We put a lot of effort into it. We were just, we were jazzed and we were pumped and everything. And at the time, my wife was nine months pregnant with my son, Brayden. And so we had all of these plans. We had Christmas plans. We had Christmas service plans. I don't know if you remember, that was the weekend where Rogue One, the newest Star Wars movie at the time, had come out, and my sister came in town, and my parents came in town, and everybody was here. And I mean, we had plans. Friday, we were going to wake up. We were going to have some breakfast. We were going to make some pancakes. And then we were going to go see Star Wars, Rogue One, come back home, take a nap, get ready for Christmas Eve service, have an awesome service next day. Christmas Eve, Sunday, Christmas, and just have a ball, open gifts, do the whole nine yards. I mean, we had it planned to a T. Davises are planners. We had a schedule. We had things we were excited for, and it was on like Donkey Kong. And then it's 6 a.m. on Friday, December 23rd, 2016. My wife, she wakes up, and she goes, I've got a pain. I'm like, you've had pains the whole last nine months, you know? You've been married to me for six years at this point. You've had a pain for six years, honey. I mean, I don't know what you're really telling me. She goes, no, I got a pain right here. I think we need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't think anything of it, really. I mean, I thought maybe we would go and they'd send us home because, I mean, when our first daughter came, Olivia, I mean, it, water broke, classic stuff. I mean, we were on our way. You know, I talked about that a couple weeks ago. And she's just like, I just have a pain. I'm like, is it a contraction or not? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, all right, she's going to break wind on our way there and we're going to be back home. It's fine. So anyway, we go and I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I, I didn't think, you know, I didn't think that, you know, we were really going to have a baby or anything like that. I didn't take anything with me. And I just told my parents, I'm like, we're going to go to the hospital, get this checked out, and we'll let you guys know what happened. And so we went to the hospital, and they're like, yeah, your, 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 your baby's on the way. I mean, there, there's, there's things that are happening, and you're going to have a baby today. And I was like, wow, okay, so, so it is happening. Now, again, back to Olivia. When Olivia came, Olivia came in like 30 minutes. Like, we were there. When we finally got a room, things started to happen. Again, I already talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then we were done. I mean, in and out, we had a baby in our arms in like 30 minutes. And so they're like, you're going to have a baby today. And I was like, okay. You know, it's 10 a.m. I'm like, I got time, you know. And so I text my staff. I, I text Pastor Carrie, and I'm like, hey, something came up, you know. Think we're going to be good, nothing to worry about, just letting you know, you know, just letting you know, just letting you know. And then it gets to be 11 o'clock, and then 12 o'clock, and then I literally, I turned to the nurse, we kept having this nurse come and check on us, and I said, hey, um, how long do you think we're going to be? Which, 
you know, many of people, when I tell this story, they look at me and go, how in the world could you ask that question? And the nurse thought the same thing. She's like, how can you ask that question? She goes, um, excuse me, do you have somewhere you need to be? And I turned to her and I said, yes, actually I do. Like literally, it, it can't happen without me, I don't think. I mean, so unless Pastor Carrie's going to get her, you know, children's puppets out and tell the Christmas story, which I don't think anybody wants to see, yeah, I kind of ha have somewhere that I need to be. And so it'd be nice if you could like, you know, can we like get some like lotions or something out and like slide this baby? Um, you know, my mom said I got stuck and they just sucked me out with this vacuum. And she said I've never been right since. So maybe we could do that. I mean, you know, or just, what, 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 what options do we have? And she just walked out of the room. Just that. She just walked walked out and just forgot us. And then it came to be 1230. And then it got to be one o'clock. And I texted my staff again. And I said, well, things aren't looking very good. Uh, we'll just kind of see what happens. And so then all of a sudden things started to happen and things started to increase and contractions started to happen. And our doctor came in and at two o'clock, about a little after two o'clock, Braden Davis was born and entered our world. And so he was, yeah, it was awesome. And he was born, and it was exciting, and, you know, we cleaned them all up, and I held them, and Olivia came in, and then I looked at my wife, and I said, well, I gotta go. And so I left the hospital, and I went home. Again, I didn't have anything with me. I had nothing with me. I didn't take anything with me. I went home. I took a shower. I got dressed. I remember I was texting everybody, and they were at Bonfils setting up, and I literally got to Bonfils. I remember walking in. Everything was done. Everything was set up. Everything was good. My mind is just on work mode. I'm not thinking about anything else. And I get up there, and I don't even know what I said. I mean, it was, I, I was just on autopilot at that point. I know I cried at one point. Like, at one point, I breathed for a minute, and I, like, tears started to come, but then I sucked it back up, and I got back into preacher mode, and I preached, and then I just told him, I said, I'm out of here. And I left, and I went back to the hospital. And I had asked, I had family in town, so I asked them to grab me some pajamas. And so they grabbed me like some basketball shorts, a shirt, but they didn't grab me any shoes. They didn't grab me anything. So I still had my dress socks and my, my preacher boots on. And so I don't remember much about that night, but the one thing that I do remember is when I got back to the hospital, and this is a picture that Kate took. There I am, staring at Brayden in my... Jordan basketball shorts and my dress socks and my, my dress boots there. And this moment I remember really clearly. This moment is when I just stopped and stared at my son. And I just took it in. And I was so thankful for him. And I thanked God. And we just spent the night together. And then the next day, because it was Christmas Eve, and probably because this was our second child, they said, do you guys just want to go home? And we said, absolutely. And so they sent us home. We were probably at the, we were at the hospital less than 24 hours. And they sent us home. And Christmas Eve and Christmas, we got to be at home with our son, Brayden. And I look back on this, and it was, it was chaotic. And it was a chaotic weekend, and it all was okay. But I also look back at this time four years ago, and a lot happened. Four years ago, our life really changed, Kate and I. In that same year and in that same season of life, my parents who lived in O'Fallon, who planted a church in O'Fallon uh, 20 years ago now, decided that they were done and moved to Topeka, Kansas, and left. 
And I didn't have my parents here to help us out. I didn't have my family structure here. Kate and I were on our own, which we had done a little bit in Nebraska, but now we had kids and we had their grandkids, and it was just a little different because it's kind of helpful to have your parents around and stuff. And so they left. And at the same time, when they left the church that helped us get started, that partnered with us and that helped us plant, the church that many of us attended for a very long time, shortly after that decided they didn't want to be partnered with us anymore. And they said, we want you to go be your own church. And we had no clue what that meant. We had no clue what that looked like. And it was hurtful, and it was painful, and it was done the wrong way. And at that same time, too, we also dealt with Braden shortly after he was born getting RSV. And if any of you parents, you know, you, when your child gets sick, period, you worry. But when your child gets a sickness that affects their breathing... You watch them like a hawk. <laughs> and I remember nights where Kate and I would just take three-hour shifts and just, you sleep three hours, I'll just sit here and watch him breathe and make sure his breathing doesn't change. And so we would just spend three hours taking a nap and switching, three hours taking a nap and switching, and just for about two weeks just watching him and making sure he was okay and making sure that we didn't need to go to the hospital. I remember that season. I remember us not knowing... What was going to happen to our church? Didn't know where we were going next. And I remember having my first panic attack in my kitchen. I remember coming to a moment where everything just came to that point, And it was like somebody just pulled the power cord out of the back of my head. And I just passed out on my kitchen floor and fell backwards and hit my head. I remember that season. I remember that year. And I remember all of these terrible, terrible things happening that I didn't plan for, that I didn't know how to fix, that nobody could have counted for, that nobody could have seen coming. So I, I, I look back on that year and that season, and I, I remember how I felt. I remember what my marriage was like. I remember what my, my, my emotional health was like. I remember what my soul was like. I remember how angry I was. I, I remember all that very vividly. And there even came to be a point where one of my friends called me, who was also a pastor, and he said, you know what you need to do? You just need to leave. You just need to get out of there. This is not right. This is not fair. This is not okay. You, you just need to go. You just need to escape. You just need, you just need to leave. And an opportunity did come up for me, for me to leave. Another church called with another opportunity. And everybody told me, you know, you just, maybe you just need to go. And just start over and just get away from it and restart. And I thought about it. And I prayed about it. And I went over my options in my head. But I remember Kate and I very vividly talking about it in the car. And I just told her, I said, I'm not done yet. I'm not done. This isn't finished. And we went from having a pity party for ourselves to going on a war path forward. Telling ourselves and telling anybody who asked that, we're in this for the long haul, and we're going to see this through. And we don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know what's going to look like. But it's going to be okay, and we're, we're going to finish what we started. And if the ship goes down, then we're going to be on it when it goes down. And I remember that year, and I remember what took place after it. And there were things that took place because of those events 
that set us up in a situation financially that set us up for the next year when a pastor's wife came to our Easter egg hunt and said, we own a church building and we're done. Would you guys like it? (laughs) And it just so happened that we had the cash on hand to be able to do the down payment and and, and do the, the remodeling that needed to happen because of what we had gone through before. It set me up in a different place just mentally and spiritually and was prepared and was ready. And I I look back at all of those things that happened in in my family and in my marriage and in my life. And I look back even what our church went through and the evolution that we went through. And I, believe it or not, look back on it and I treasure that. I actually look back now and I'm actually thankful for it. It's funny, me and my dad have conversations all the time. He said, you know, I know that really sucked everything you went through that year with your friends and that church and with me leaving and everything. But honestly, Michael, if you didn't go through that, I don't think you would be where you are today. And I said, I I think you're right. I agree with you. Everything we went through, we needed to go through because it made us stronger and God used it. I don't think God made it happen, and I don't think it was part of God's plan, but I think, like, in a classic God moment, God looked at that, and he goes, you know, I didn't cause this, but I can use this for your good. And I think God took all of those terrible things that were going on around us, and because we stayed obedient, and because we stayed on the path, and because we stayed faithful, God honored that. And I look back on those moments now, And every time Braden it comes around this season and, and Braden is born, it kind of brings me back to that. I look back on that now and I think how blessed I am. Because everything that I went through in that season of Kate and I's life and, and our family's life, I look back on that and I see that how God got us through it and I, I believe in my heart that I am highly favored by God. And I look at many of you And your journey with me, and many of you, I know your families really well, and I know your story, and I know know your journey, and I I look at some of you, and the the journey, and the path that you've taken, and I, I look at some of you, and as your pastor, I'm so proud, and I look at you, and I go, my goodness, you are so highly favored by God. Because some of you, where your marriages have been, and where they are now, where your health has been, and where your health is now. For some of you, where your spiritual relationship with God was then and where it is now. I look back at you and I go, my goodness, how how blessed you are. How highly favored you are by God. And I know that that's, again, easy to see later on. Some of you are in that season right now, though. And right now, in the midst of Christmas, Christmas is reminding you of how imperfect your circumstances are. Right now, Christmas is reminding you that you lost a loved one this year. Christmas is reminding you that you got divorced this year. Christmas is reminding you that you're struggling financially, that you lost your job this year. Christmas is just kind of reminding you of of, of how you've been feeling as of late and how unjolly and how joyful you are. And I, I want you to know, if you are in the midst of that, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. I know that pain. I know that heartache. I know that stress. I know those emotions. But I want to give you hope tonight. 
And I want to tell you as your pastor and as your friend and as somebody who's lived through it, that this is not going to last forever, that this is just a season. That this is a season. And just like the seasons, winter comes and winter goes. And a lot of times there are seeds that are planted that we don't know what they're ever going to do. But when the harvest comes, when the things are born and grown out of them, when a new season comes afterwards and things start to change, we see what God has been doing in the background. And that's exactly what he did in Mary's life. And the crazy thing is is that he's still doing it today. And the beauty of the new covenant and the relationship that Jesus brought to us is that every single one of us are highly favored by God. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to do anything for it. You right now are highly favored by God. And I know that with what you're going through right now, I know that with what you're feeling right now, it doesn't feel like it, but I want you to know that there is a possibility that through a relationship with Jesus that one day, one day, you may treasure these moments. That one day you may look back on them and you may think of them and you may even ponder and, and have thoughts about them and think, man, you know what? Those were the th- that was exactly what we needed to go through. Or you know what? What we went through, we didn't plan for, and it was hurtful, and it was painful, and it was uh, we didn't want to see that person die. We didn't want to see that person pass away. But you know what? What God did afterwards, what God did in our family, what God did in me, it was beautiful. And I'm so thankful for that. You know, it, it's moments like these where we really have to ask ourselves if we really believe like what John wrote down. John, he wrote this. In John 3.16, for for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You know, the Christmas story is a reminder, not just that Jesus came to this earth, but that he came to this earth to die for us so that we could be adopted into the family of Jesus, so that we could be sons and daughters, So that we could be reminded that we are highly favored by God. And so the question really is, is do you believe that? That God came to this earth because he loved us? To die for our sins? If you do, I want you to know that that this is just a season. And we're going to sing a song that that talks about this. When I got done with my sermon and got done writing it, I, I sent this to CJ. And I said, this is just kind of a perfect way to to end our service together. But I want this to just be a time of reflection for you and be reminded that maybe the season you're in is just that, just a season. That this will come and go and God will do something new in it. And that this Christmas, although it's a reminder of your imperfect circumstances, it is also a reminder that God is with you and that you are highly favored by God. As, as we sing this song t- together, let us just reflect on what God wants to do in our lives today. Would you stand with me today as we sing? God, would we be reminded this morning, this evening, that the gift you came was your way of telling us that you love us.
God, will we be reminded tonight that what we are in right now is a season. That in the same way that winter comes and winter goes, that the season we're in is also going to come and go. But in the midst of this season, seeds have been planted in our hearts. And God, I believe your spirit that through a relationship with you can bring new life through any terrible situation. God, I've seen you do it in my own life. I've seen you do it in the life of our church. I've seen you do it in the life of my friends. God, tonight, if we're in the midst of a terrible season, would you help us to persevere? Would you help us to be resilient? Would you help us to hold on? Would you help us to rely on you and rely on the people you have put around us and in our life to be a community to us, to lift us up, to help us through this difficult time, Lord? And God, for those of us who have been through that season and are in a time of harvest, who are in a time of of seeing growth and joy, God, would you help us tonight to look back with gratitude, to look back with peace, to be thankful. Maybe circumstances aren't perfect. Maybe there are things that could be better. But God, you have clearly blessed us. And God, tonight we recognize that we are highly favored by you. So God, no matter what is going on in 2020 and no matter what happens in 2021, would you help us to remember that and hold on to it, Lord? And will we be able to look through our trials and our seasons and treasure them in our hearts and think back on them with positive thoughts, not because it all worked out, but because of what you did in that season and when you showed up and showed us and revealed exactly who you are. God, we thank you tonight. We truly do. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, I am so glad that you chose to spend your Christmas with us, and I hope that you guys have a terrific Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to every single one of you. We will see you back here on January 3rd. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a great night. If you would like to support Anchored Hope, you can make a donation at anchoredhope.church forward slash give. To connect with someone from Anchored Hope, please go to anchoredhope.church forward slash high. Thank you for listening and God bless.